Coronavirus is a big issue around the world at the moment. Certainly is exercising the minds of scientists and researchers. In fact, Mm. I think there's just been announced a big grant for further research with immunologists and experts in Australia to try to shed more light on this Mm. dangerous virus that's originated in Wuhan province in China. Seems to have made a a switch like other viruses, similar coronaviruses, because it's not the only type. It's it's called novel coronavirus, just simply meaning new coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are other things like it, SARS, MERS, which was in the Middle East. Uh, respiratory syndrome and the reason why they call that is the, the if you look at them under a microscope it, it's shaped like a corona like a crown mm. uh, and obviously being a virus it's not something that's really easily treated it's you really can't give it's it antibiotics no it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't do anything that, yeah. for it maybe antiretroviral drugs might be of some benefit but it's a bit like having a nasty flu in winter and that's really what the background to it so where it's worst is in china mm-hmm. uh, it has spread beyond the borders of china but it seems to have been pretty well contained elsewhere and quarantine processes have been doing a good job i think mm-hmm. about 10 percent of the world's population i think i believe is uh, quarantined at the moment so that's you know look, looking help at 10 percent of the world's population that's right because china is, is is huge if the vast majority of china is is in quarantine i haven't seen that statistic but i think there's about seven billion people on earth so it'd be 700 million people yes. which is a hell of a lot isn't it yeah that's right yeah, yeah amazing yeah, yeah. amazing and that seems to be doing some good at least it seems to allow that two weeks of uh, of checking through the quarantine process to see if people are, are developing so you know if you're exposed to it they want to put you in quarantine or potentially exposed to it they want to quarantine you for a couple of weeks that way uh, you, you know they can determine for sure whether or not you've got it because that seems to be the length of time that it requires to incubate yeah but there's some concern that uh, you, you can spread the virus while being asymptomatic so you're, right. you're not showing signs of of having you know flu-like symptoms you know mm. I haven't got a fever or a cough mm. uh, but you may still be contagious during the first initial period whenever that happens to be a couple of days mm. the 14 days is not only to sort of rid your body of it to, but to make sure that if you are asymptomatic that you don't have it and therefore you're not spreading it around yeah. as well yeah. but there has been a couple of small instances where there's the potential for maybe an, a 21 day incubation period as well right okay there was a young lady i believe that was um, released from quarantine and a week later she ended up testing positive for, for the disease okay so so, so there's still a few unknowns there's a lot of unknowns mm. around this for mm. sure mm. yeah and they relate to things like how readily the disease uh, transfers between people so obviously if you've got it and you sneeze or if you cough a lot and those are some of the symptoms mm. you know they're flu-like symptoms mm. high temperature difficulty breathing in, in in sort of more extreme cases and it is generally people who who are older uh, or who have pre-existing illnesses that are the ones who are dying, and they're the ones who are most vulnerable to it. Normally, healthy people who are who are not either super young or super old are being fine. And in fact, relating to young people, I was reading just recently that that uh, they've seen very few newborns. The conventional thinking was that they would be most vulnerable, just like most elderly people in the mm-hmm. population mm-hmm. are definitely vulnerable because of the immune system being yeah. so low. Yeah, yeah. And, well, not just so low, but they're, they're also I think in, in particular it's, it's pre-existing conditions that they may have, chronic yep. illnesses, which makes them more vulnerable. One thing they really want to know is how readily it is transferred. So, if you're standing in a crowded train and you sneeze and you've got coronavirus, what's the percentage chance of other people within, say, a five-meter radius of you in that train mm-hmm. carriage 
uh, get contracting coronavirus? In other words, is it is it super contagious or is it just sort of averagely contagious mm. or not so contagious? There's still a lot to understand, and that's why uh, governments like the Australian government are uh, spending more money on trying to get to the bottom of it and get a better clinical understanding. Well, one of the interesting things is that some Americans were recently evacuated from a cruise ship which was in Japan under quarantine, mm. and they I think they had about 200 people on board, and around about 17 of those people were tested positive for the coronavirus, but they moved them to a separate area. So mm. I guess they, they are certainly concerned about the spread, mm. but uh, I assume that the other passengers were wearing all the, you know, the face mask, potentially goggles as well, mm. but they weren't necessarily too concerned about recycling of that air and going through the system. Otherwise, they would have just refused entry to these people. There is that cruise ship, and I think it's got, uh, it's got hundreds of people from, I think it's something like 40 different countries. Yes, yeah. So they've been in quarantine. If people have come down with um, with symptoms and, and are, are clearly sick, then they've actually been taken off the off the uh, the boat mm. and and treated. I think in uh, you know sort of fairly well sealed yeah. uh, locations right next to the boat. I think so. Yeah. They haven't gone very far. And those that stayed on the boat were confined to their cabins. They they were allowed to walk an hour a day. I mean, mm. it really would have been pretty grueling. You know, yeah. you've gone for a cruise to relax and have a holiday and kind of see some of the world and, and you wind up just confined to your cabin. A little bit of exposure to daylight and, and open air occasionally in shifts to kind of isolate you from other people. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's just like kind of being in a comfortable cell. Those Australians actually that are, are being evacuated as well mm. will go to Darwin That's to, right. to be quarantined for two weeks. And, and they're arguing, they're saying, well, we've just been quarantined yes. and we've been blood tested and, and cleared and yet when we go back to Australia we're going to be subjected to another two weeks mm. it's like this is overkill this is mm. too much and, uh, and in fact I think there's experts have said no no that is fair enough because there is some chance that we were talking before about how long it takes to incubate it mm-hmm. and how long to show symptoms mm-hmm. there is some chance that it may not have, have been picked up by those, those tests that have been done in Japan they might have got it the day after the test and, and the yeah. last thing they want to do and the last thing you as someone who unfortunately been, has been at risk of infection through no fault of your own uh, but the last thing that, that anyone wants to see happen is for that for you to become a carrier or a vector for the disease to mm-hmm. you know a super spreader mm-hmm. that brings it to Australia and, and infects you know potentially your family and friends mm-hmm. back home so uh, it's, Australia is not the only country that's doing that I believe the US Canada and other countries around the world that are taking out of those 40 different countries that are represented on that cruise ship uh, off parked at Yokohama under strict quarantine a lot of those countries are going to be doing the same thing as tough as it would be you know i have to support the efforts to quarantine these people and you know yes it's a month that locked away but uh, you know to, to prevent the spread throughout australia it's a necessary part of the the, the solution yep. yeah so i thought what i'd just go through was for people who may be considering travel at the moment i know that you were recently traveling um and I'm just trying to think exactly when you were away. Was it? Were you? Did you have any screenings? Did you have any uh, heat mapping that sort of stuff done when you were recently in Indonesia? No. So we went to Bali, and that was late January of 2020. Yep. And we said so that was the Chinese New Year period as yep. well. We yep. actually stayed across directly across from a Chinese restaurant. Right. And we went and we decided to eat there uh, on the Saturday night, hmm. and. Uh, there was plenty of people in the room. We weren't that concerned about it. There had been no publicised cases at that point mm. and there still weren't. The only concern that we had was that when we were returning home, it was a Tuesday and we are flying about an hour into the flight, then there was a medical emergency about 10 rows in front of us 
they called doctors over and then there was a male um, middle age and they were monitoring him and there seemed to be a lot of discussion between the crew and this doctors that were there they spent a lot of time with him and i was concerned that maybe we would be diverted to you know whether it be darwin or potentially even perth mm. this went on for some time and the guy was moved to the the front or the galley area in the plane mm-hmm. and i think he might have been lying down there and there didn't seem to be a sort of an over you know there was concern about his welfare but there wasn't too much concern about others no one was being told to move away or they weren't sort of putting up any barriers so no like thermal scans on arrival in, no, in indonesia or back in australia nothing like that no, at all no. but when when we did land because of this this guy that was in some medical trouble quarantine did come on board we were told to remain seated quarantine mm-hmm. came on board they were fully kitted up they had um, goggles face mask um, they had you know the jumpsuit uh, covering and a clipboard notes and came over and spoke to the to the person for probably about five minutes. Mm. Actually, gave him the all clear. I mean, t- to the point that they weren't concerned about obviously the coronavirus. Mm. Uh, there, he has medical conditions which I'm sure are being seen to. Mm. But then that doctor, that that same person, went to the back of the plane, which nobody else had paid any attention to, and saw a young girl there, probably mid twenties, and she was taken off the plane, and sat on a wheelchair just outside the door. So they were concerned about her, but I, my thought was, well, if they were that concerned about it being coronavirus, one, they would have given everyone you know, the warning and said, look, you need to go and see a doctor. Mm. Two, they wouldn't have sat her you know, directly outside the, you know, the, 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 the airplane's door. Mm. There was some so concerning moments. Everyone was a bit like, oh, a bit, a little bit concerned. Yep. But we are. I'm confident. I mean, that's now more than two weeks since yeah, uh, no, I've travelled. No so symptoms. I, and I'm, no symptoms. And, and I'm comfortable. And another yeah. thing that's come up out of this is that a lot of countries, particularly if you've come from China or if you've, um, you know, been in an area where there's been a sort of a cluster of outbreaks of coronavirus, then you're on a. I don't know. You're kind of con- considered. Yeah. You're considered a, a higher risk, and and you're, they're going to you know potentially have a look at you, or they're going to they they certainly want to know about travel history. Mm-hmm. But one thing that can be a problem is that they don't, you you can have some symptoms. You might have a bit of a fever, but it doesn't actually necessarily mean you've got coronavirus. Right. You could have got something else, which is just a normal bad luck bummer kind of thing to yeah. have. But it's not coronavirus, and it's not really what they're looking for. And unfortunately, the symptoms are the same. It's it's it you know the symptoms of coronavirus are largely the same as uh, if runny nose sore throat cough and fever as yep, the main symptoms exactly yeah. exactly so um and and, and these are the, the same sort of things that were symptoms of mers mers which was the middle east respiratory syndrome um and severe acute respiratory syndrome sars a similar mm. kind of and also influenza which was you know which we get vaccinated in australia well for i had the of, flu last year i did mm. come down with a case of uh, i think it was that's right eight. it was picked up yeah that's right that's so right. i had the test me. and it was done so look more people uh throughout the world to get the flu and more people in the world die because of the flu now mm. that you can also argue that it's it, it's more prevalent around the world at the moment i mean mm. we don't know where this um you know novel coronavirus will go or novid 19 as mm. the term actually is by uh, by who the world health, health organization yep uh, we don't know where that will go potentially it could um you know if it's not quarantined and held at the borders of china uh, or even within the countries that it's now in uh, the numbers could certainly increase, but the actual you know fatality rates uh, you know are I would believe lower than what the flu is at the moment anyway. So it is it's a concern, but it's not uh, anywhere near the, the numbers of the flu. As well, well, just reading directly from the World Health Organization website, which is who.int, you can check this out for yourself. There's a lot of a lot of stuff on uh, coronavirus. This was sort of my starting point in uh, preparing for today. 
The infection 2019 NCOV, which John just mentioned, can cause mild symptoms including a runny nose, sore throat, cough and fever. It can be more severe for some persons and can lead to pneumonia or breathing difficulties. More rarely, the disease can be fatal. Older people and people with pre-existing medical conditions such as diabetes and heart disease appear to be more vulnerable to becoming severely ill with the virus. So that's the story. So for most people, you're not going to be able to distinguish between the symptoms of coronavirus or 2019 NCOV, as it's also known, and a uh, you know nasty flu that mm. you've picked up somewhere. Uh, and don't forget that in the northern hemisphere where this has originated, it is flu season. So it yes. is you know it's not to it, it, it can easily be confused with other um, you know less serious diseases. And I guess it to, it makes me sort of wonder when you read that and you you know you say okay well it's not everyone's going to be affected by it. Most of the time it's going to be just the same as getting any old flu for most people who, who are unfortunate enough to get it, then why the big fuss? And I guess a lot of that is, well, there have been fatalities, uh, but I think, as you said earlier, that there, have, there are fatalities every year when winter flu season is on. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I suppose, the unknowns. It's, 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 it's how quickly can this thing, can it mutate? Has it already mutated? Because they reckon it actually transferred probably from animals to humans. Mm-hmm. And this is going back to the origins of this. They're suggesting it. there's lots of um, sort of live animal uh, markets in China, mm-hmm. often with poor sanitation and rotting meat and just poor, just generally poor hygiene mm-hmm. and people coming in contact with that and diseases, which I actually think has happened before with SARS, for example, and even MERS, which might have even started off uh, in camels and been transferred oh, yeah. to well, people. I, believe, I think HIV was transferred when it was from yeah. someone cut their hand as they were cutting up a, a monkey or mm. a, a, a chimp and the blood then sort of cross-contaminated mm. and that then led into the AIDS epidemic. So mm. it doesn't necessarily matter where you are. It's what we know for a certainty is there will always be a new virus. You know, mm. This is not going to be the, the one to end them all. There will be another one in the future, whether it's in 12 months or 10 years or 100 years, there will certainly be another virus that pops up. And there's probably viruses popping up all the time it just they may not have the kind of um, you know spread or transfer like this particular one uh, yep. th- that does yeah so i'll just run through briefly before we wrap it up um, some of the recommendations that uh, the world health health organization is making it is certainly recommending exit screening at international airports and ports in affected areas quote measures should be taken to limit the risk of exportation or importation of the disease without unnecessary restrictions on international traffic. So it's not saying don't fly. Um, it is saying for travellers to be a little bit careful about, obviously, if you you know suspect that you may be suffering from mm-hmm. something, you should flag that. Mm-hmm. So people um, you know owning up about stuff, not saying, oh, bugger it, I, I don't want my travel arrangements to be interfered. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forfeit my airfare or whatever it happens to be. They obviously don't want people covering up when they do have any kind of symptoms. Mm-hmm. They want people to be upfront about that. They are not recommending that people just stop travelling at all. Uh, and, uh, I mean, obviously, if you have a choice, say it's a business trip, uh, I have heard of people who've, who've uh, altered business trips just to wait, let things settle down a bit, mm. cancelled things where, where they well, may have been. Big expos have been cancelled. I think mm. the uh, the Mobile World Conference, which happens or is in, was in Barcelona this year, was actually cancelled because right. of the fear of all, you know congregations or people you know, getting together. Mm. And I believe some trade events have been cancelled in China at the moment, or at least postponed. And some of the factories are only sort of just getting back to work now. We're talking mid-February 2020, uh, after the you know the time off they've had for Chinese New Year. They're only just getting back into work now. So we'll see what happens, particularly as the, the seasons change throughout China, um, but also as more people are starting to slowly get back to work as well. 
there is recommendations for World Health Organization that, that the messaging in airports and in sort of travel hubs are, uh, are really clear. So um, that, that was a- one of the things when we got back to Melbourne Airport that um, over the loudspeaker, probably every two minutes, there was a, you know, if you've traveled to China recently, please make it known. Or if you've got these sort of the, those warning signals. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yep. So raising awareness among travelers about signs and symptoms of the disease, encouragement of healthcare seeking behavior, including when to um, seek medical care and report your travel history. These are, this is the sort of messaging that is going out there, as, as you noticed in Melbourne Airport. As I said, the World Health Organization uh, advises against the application of any restrictions of international traffic based on the information currently available on this event. So pretty clear there. And and just advice to what you can do if you're planning on traveling, wash your hands with soap and water or use an alcohol-based hand rub, um, which will eliminate the virus if it is on your hands. Practice respiratory hygiene when you're coughing or sneezing. Cover, cover your mouth and nose and sneeze into your elbow or into a tissue and then disclo- discard the tissue immediately into a covered rubbish bin and clean your hands with al- alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. Try to keep one meter distance from you and other people around you, particularly if you notice someone standing in a line, for example, mm-hmm. who's coughing and spluttering. Mm-hmm. Just try to keep your distance mm-hmm. from them. Wearing a mask is... More for people who've actually already got the disease than people who are trying to prevent themselves from right. getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could do that. Mm-hmm. They're kind of saying that that's actually, you know, if everyone does that, then there winds up being a shortage of masks for people who really need them mm. in, in hot spots. So, well, China is importing some masks um, as well, only in the last couple of weeks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, they've, they've, as you said, I mean, if it's, if it's one tenth of the world's population that are in quarantine, yeah. quarantine at the moment, you know, they'd be needing quite a few masks. Medical masks can do some good. It's worth having a look at this website, who.int, because it actually gives you instructions for how to put on, use, and take off and dispose of a mask. Because if you've, you know, if you've coughed into it, or mm. if, if someone's coughed and it's and the the, the the little droplets, fine particulate matter that's been sprayed out of their nose or out of their mouth is on the outside of that mask, the mask might have saved you from breathing it in. You can actually rub it into your eyes mm. or your nose or your mouth. Those are the three sort of entry points for most people. Mm-hmm. But when you take the mask off. You've actually got to be careful about how you take it off. You don't want to touch with your hands the front of the mask. So there are instructions on that website. Uh, we will post links to it. But uh, Not as effective for me because of my beard. So if you do have facial hair, it can actually sit, the mask will sit off your face a little bit and mm. allowing enough of a gap that mm. potentially the virus can spread through that. So uh, I don't know what I want to do. I, I'm not going to shave my beards, but uh, a mask is going to be ineffective for me. Yeah, yep, indeed. So look, plenty of stuff to read about, but uh, it does seem that the overall message is you can travel. Obviously, there are certain places you want to be particularly careful mm. of. Countries like Australia, uh, countries which, uh, which aren't that particularly close to Wuhan province, they're not doing too badly. So not a great deal to and worry sunlight about. sunlight as well, it's going to, you know, come, you know, come summer for these, these countries. Mm. It, it, we hopefully see a bit of a decline in this as it gets out of the typical sort of flu season. Yeah, yeah. well, it'll be very interesting to sort of find out whether this, you know, escalates, becomes bigger and, and more serious or whether it gets contained. There mm. are signs that I've read, you know, more recently that the sort of containment measures seem to be working. We don't know how serious this is. It could be sort of put down to in future as an overreaction. It may be put down to a, an underreaction. Mm. You know, so we just don't know yet. There's more, more scientific research that's needed. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.